This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic from Bloomberg Radio. We mentioned this last week. It was our bite of the day, I think, in fact, about how wine startup Vivino raised $155 million to expand into new countries, add some staff, build out its recommendation engine after more than doubling doubling wine sales during the pandemic, more than doubling. So here to talk more about what they are doing is Heine Zachariasen. He is CEO and founder of the wine app startup Vivino. He's on the phone from Copenhagen. And full disclosure, I love great red wine and I use the Vivino app. In fact, was using it over the weekend. Um, Heine, nice to have you here. Welcome or welcome back. Thank you very much. Very glad to be here. So first of all, I want to talk about the capital raise, but I really also want to find out what this year has been like um, for you. Take me back to kind of last March and April and the pandemic. What was going on in your business? What was going on with your employees? What were you seeing in terms of consumer trends? Yeah, it was a little bit of a crazy time, honestly, because we, we didn't know what was going to happen, right? So we had a, we have people in Hong Kong, too. They had seen something. But once it hit the U.S., we're talking mid-March or so, we actually started by sort of pumping the brakes a little bit and say, okay, what's this going to be? What's this going to look like? What's going to happen to our sales? And, but we pretty quickly saw that it was going to move us sales-wise in the right direction. So, so things, when we hit 20th of March, things just jumped. You know, revenue just went way, way up there. In the beginning, we also had a little bit of problems with you know, customer support and supply and so on. So that took us a month or two to really get back up to speed, um, but like a crazy time for us. And, yeah. and you know, it was, it was rough, but, but numbers were good. Yeah, but so pretty quickly, March, that all of a sudden, um, you know, and has it been pretty consistent in terms of growth or have you seen a steady increase from month to month? It was. It really jumped up for for two, three months, and mm-hmm. went like totally crazy, right? <laughs> and and we maybe in the beginning thought, okay, what is this? It's just like a short term thing. People want to make sure they have wine or so. But then it stabilized at a certain level, and and it's been really, really good ever since that. You know, just more buyers converting, and and just higher numbers all over. And even when Europe sort of opened up over the summer we didn't see numbers really go down again. So we were just landed at a new level. Well, that's what I want to ask you. And I'm sure, listen, honey, that a lot of people are asking you and, and we all wonder that, okay, there are these trends, whether you're a Peloton, whether you're, you know, what have you, you know, do what we've seen over the last year because of the pandemic and we were, you know, forced to, you know, predominantly be in our homes, work from our homes, live in our homes. Do, do, do those trains, trends stay with us? What indications do you have that the growth that you've seen, that you hold on to it and it continues to stay with you as the world starts to reopen? Yeah, it's a good question, right? I think first we can say for certain, like wine is probably not a fad, right? It's probably going to stay with us. Not in my world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so they're probably going to keep buying wine. But what I, our theory and, and what we... We, we've seen so far, especially when Europe opened again, is that, you know, it's really, really hard to get people to change habits. Mm-hmm. But if you have something that is more convenient and easier and so on, you know, they, they don't go back. Like, like we buy most of our supermarket stuff online now, this is me personally, and I would never go back. Like once I've seen it work, I'm just not going back. And the same goes for something like Amazon, right? There's a reason why we do it, because once we start doing it, it's incredibly convenient. And, and the same goes for, for buying wine online. Well, and I'm curious about your demographic. Who's your, do you have a typical user? And if so, describe who they are and what kind of buying do you typically see from them? 
So, so we, we have 50 million users around the world, so it's really, really difficult for us to, to say what a typical user is. Um, previously, I would say pre-pandemic, it was people that were a little bit more into wine, not, like, not the high-end user, mm-hmm. more the, the, the higher end of the casual drinkers. But now I think it's changed. Like we, we see everybody doing it now. We also see price points moving down. That doesn't mean people, dry, people buy wine that's less expensive. It just means that we're taking more from the offline part and people are starting to buy less expensive wines online now too. Full disclosure, I love the Vivino app. I use it. I think what's really cool about it, um, Heine, to be quite honest, is I can be anywhere. And if I have someone, I can quick take a picture. I quick get some views. I can buy it. Like, it's just wonderful. And it's so easy. I do wonder, too, like, how sticky is it? Once you've got somebody who's on the platform, do they automatically become a buyer, a shopper? Do they continue to increase it? Like, how does it, how does it play out? It varies quite a bit. It is obviously an app, so you do lose a lot of people in the beginning. Mm. But once people start going, right, after people have used it for one year, it just doesn't change. Like once they're on board, have used it for one year, that feels like it's a lifetime. We've been around for 10 years now, so we have pretty good data on that. So so the people that really appeals to, um, they just keep going. So, so that's amazing. Obviously, we build new features all the time right. and so on to make it better and better. Is the U.S. your best market, your fastest growing, or where is it? Uh, U.S. is by far our biggest market uh, commercially. Uh, around 50% of our sales are in the U.S., so by far the biggest. Uh, not the fastest growing, um, I mean, relative to, to the market. It's mm-hmm. by far the biggest, but... But some other markets have started late. Uh, this might be a little bit strange, but actually France started relatively late. <laughs> that is and funny. now it's growing really, really. It, it took them a while to accept us. Like, yeah. we're not French, so, <laughs> so they wouldn't accept us. But now they love us, so, so we're happy with them now. Well, so what are you going to do with the money, $155 million that you guys have raised? What, how do you need to spend it? And I am always curious, for an app like yours, what's your most expensive, you know, when you go through the balance sheet? Is it the people? Is it marketing? What's the most expensive item, line item? Yeah, we're, we're very privileged in the way that we spend very little money on marketing historically, right? Yeah. Because we have 20,000 people that install the app every single day, organically. So, wow. so that's a privilege. Uh, when it comes to that, that might change in the future. Just to be, we have a little bit more cash now, um, but but for us, it's all about you know helping people drink better wine. So number one on our list is really upgrading product engineering, just to make the product even better. And a lot of that is about using machine learning and AI to really learn every single user. You know, we know all these wines. We have 12 million wines on there. And then we have these 50 million users. And one thing is giving them ratings, but we want to give them personal ratings, just like Netflix does. Mm-hmm. So we're launching something called Match For You. So once, once you scan a wine, you're not just going to see the rating. You're also going to say, you know, it's 89% certain that Carol will like this wine. So that we're very excited about. That's really interesting. That's really clever. Where are the areas uh, in the world that you're not yet in terms of geography that you want to be, that you need to be? Yeah, I think Asia is, is, has been a slower region for us. Yeah. It usually starts with, with the real wine lovers that start using it, and then it, sl- then it spreads after that. Uh, but there's no doubt about, like, North America and even South America and Europe are strongest you know, uh, places. Asia is, is lagging a little bit after, but, uh, but we're starting to grow there now. So, no. 
Yeah, no, interesting. Um, and I'm also curious. So I think I was just looking at some of the numbers, and at least some of our reporting. This recent funding round of 155 million values you guys between 600 and 800 million. Does that feel about right? That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had some Bloomberg analysts estimate that, and uh, and I'm not going to comment in further. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Maybe over a glass of wine, we can talk about it sometime. Yeah. Um, that's take, a, take a lot of wine. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, a lot of good wine. Um, you're not profitable yet, right? And probably not this year nor next. Why? If it's doing Actually, so well, and you guys are adding, you know, I'm just curious. No, actually, in 2020, we were profitable. So we so oh, okay. we did break even. As soon as this hit, we break, broke even. And I honestly, I think that's also why we managed to really raise a lot of money. It's people saw, wow, this business model really, really works. The unit economics are solid. The growth is there. Let's put some real money on this and see if we can grow it even faster. So, so we've really shown that the business model and the unit economics are strong. And that profitability continues this year, next year? There's, you're pretty confident no, of that? We're or not. No? Yeah. No, we're not planning to do that because now we really want to invest, right? So, so we managed to show that it, it, you know, it all works. But now we're going to invest a lot more uh, to fuel the growth. Got it. Got it. And so, what's the end game for you guys? Uh, do you plan to? I know, and I know you probably get asked these questions a million times, but I have to ask <laughs> you: um, What is the end game? Go it alone? Continue to grow the business? You've just gotten another capital raise. There's a lot of money out there. There's also a pretty healthy IPO market, you know, and it's been yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, how do you want to do it? I think it's a good question. I think my answer has always been, and, 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 you know, we're closer to something now, obviously, but really build a sustainable business, also a business that could stand alone, right? I, mm-hmm. When you think about the wine market being like almost like $400 billion, if we get a slice of that, this could be a really big sustainable business. So, you know, I think, you know, someone might be interested in acquiring us, uh, but I think IPO is something I, I really like at some point, too. Well, and it sounds like, you know, honey, from what you told me is now that you've got this money, right, you said 2020, you did break even, you've shown kind of the world that we can do this. Um, So you've got some more money that you mentioned you want to put into upgrading your product, engineering, and so on. Is that what you need, ideally, to kind of move the platform and the business to the next level? Because you've got a lot of users. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's also about, like, the thing about we are a global business, right? We are actually in 17 markets. The marketplace is open in 17 markets, right? Mm-hmm. We're only 200 people. So we really want to go a little bit deeper into each market there and, you know, increase our, 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 foot, our footprint in each, single, in each single market there. So I think that's very important for us. All right. So before we go, what's your favorite wine or favorite uh, few wines? That's a, you know, I've, I've lived in California for many years. I always, I must, have, I must say, I've enjoyed a lot of, of you know, uh, California caps and, and and pinots. But I'm back in Europe now, so I, I, I do love champagne too. So a little bit of everything, as long as it has a good Vivino rating. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, I do. You know, you sound really optimistic, and I don't blame you. You know, you guys are, you know, on a growth spurt. What does kind of worry you as you look at the environment here? That is a good question. I mm. think, you know, I, I, with this corona thing going, although I'm not worried about the habits we talked about earlier, I, I can get a little bit worried about a recession or the economy being really, really bad, right? Right. Usually we say alcohol is relatively recession-proof, but, you know, that worries me in general, not only for Lena, but also for, you know, society. 
All right, going to leave it there. And that's fair enough. And I think that, you know, you certainly mirror what we're hearing uh, from some other folks and CEOs that we talk to. Honey, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Honey Zachariasen, he is the founder of Vivino, joining us on the phone from Copenhagen and just talking about their, their latest capital raise. Uh, and he's, of course, CEO of that company as well.